Welcome in to Lockdown Blackhawks for Friday, March 27th, 2020. My name is Jay Zawoski. I am the host of Lockdown Blackhawks here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's podcast. I hope you're staying safe. I hope you're staying home. I hope you are keeping your sanity. Uh, not a ton going on in the world of hockey, but we've got some Talk Back Tuesday questions to get to. I will update March Sadness. We are moving on on Friday today to the Elite Eight. Only eight contestants remain in March Sadness. So thank you to everybody who's voted all week. Vote again today starting at noon. We'll have the Final Four on Monday and the championship on Tuesday. It looks like it could be an all-Bill Wirtz final. We will see. That would be fitting, wouldn't it? Get in touch with the podcast. Voicemail, 708-653-0572. Never too early to submit a Talkback Tuesday question. Again, 708-653-0572. Send an email to LockdownBlackhawks at gmail.com. Twitter, at LO underscore Blackhawks. That's where you will find all the March Sadness voting. My personal account is at jayzawaski670. And, of course, the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast, my other Hawks podcast, at Madhouse Pod. James Navo and I are due to get together for another one very, very soon. I would think either maybe later today or early next week we will make it work and get you a new Madhouse podcast. So last night, if you forgot or didn't join me, I was on the Hot Mic app uh, broadcasting for Game 2 Hawks and Canucks from 2010. Chris Versteeg with the game winner late in the game. Uh, beautiful, beautiful wrist shot over the, uh, the the shoulder of Roberto Luongo and the Hawks take Game 2 in a thrilling, awesome game in which the Hawks were down 2 nothing in that game. If you've not tuned in to Hot Mic before... You're missing out. It's a really cool new thing that's going on. I first heard about it from Matt Spiegel at 670 The Score. He was doing it for Bears games. What you do is, on a second screen, is you find someone who, someone like me, who is, uh, in some people's minds, an expert on the Blackhawks or other sports radio hosts, whatever. You watch a baseball game or a football game with them. Some people have done the Oscars. Some people have done political debates, all sorts of things. You go on the Hot Mic app, you find the event you're interested in, and you find the broadcasters simulcasting with that game. So as the game's going on, you've got the game on your TV, and on your second screen, you've got this host, this person, talking to you as the game's going on, answering questions. It's fully interactive. It's in real time. What we did on Thursday night was Hot Mic features a tip jar. You can leave a tip for the host, which is great. Love it. Very much appreciate when it happens. I pledged every penny of that tip jar to the Blackhawks COVID-19 relief efforts. Thursday night, we raised, thank you, thanks to Blackhawks fans, $602 in two hours for, you know, Hot Mike, which is a relatively unknown app. For a night where there's a lot going on on television, for a game that happened 10 years ago, Hawks fans chimed in and donated $602 to COVID-19 relief. I cannot be more overwhelmed, uh, happier than I am. A couple people went above and beyond with huge donations. Alan and Eric. Uh, Eric gave $250. I think Alan gave uh, over $100. So... Very much appreciate those donations. 
uh, from you guys. If you tuned in, I hope you enjoyed it. If you didn't, I'm going to try to do it again probably on Tuesday night. That's probably going to be the next one I'm able to do. So hopefully you'll join me on Hot Mike. It's a really good time. It's just sort of like a long-form podcast. We talk very little about the actual game that's going on. It's just sort of a background thing. Now and again we will, but it's more just big-picture Hawks talk. And these playoff replay games, they only last about two hours. So it's really, really nice. You can get in and out really quick. Um, You know, it's not like there's no intermissions. The commercial breaks are shorter. It's really a short investment. And you don't have to be there the whole time. Just pop in, say hello. If you want to get ahead of it right now, Download the Hot Mic app. Just go to, you know, go to your app store, Android, iOS, whatever. Download the Hot Mic app. It's free. And then just use that promo code Madhouse to get in. That gets me the credit for the new signups, which helps me. I'm making every penny I get from new signups. All that money as well is going to um, COVID-19 relief. So look, even if you're not interested in participating in the hot mic broadcast if you go download the app and enter the code madhouse i get money for that and all of that money is going to go to covid19 relief so all i'm asking you to do download the app use the code madhouse and you could be done if you don't want to watch you don't have to watch but while you're there follow me as a host and every time i go live you'll get a notification it's not going to inundate you with notifications only the host you follow you'll get notifications for. So check it out. It's a really, really cool thing. I think you will enjoy it. You, the Chicago Blackhawks fan, and you, the sports fan. There's tons of stuff going on all the time on Hot Mike. So it's a great, great thing. And uh, very, very pleased to have raised the amount of money we did. Excellent. Could not be happier. Thank you all so much. And by the way, if you've been a listener of this podcast, I'm sure you've heard all the great advertisers working with Lockdown to reach sports fans. But you may not know that Lockdown Blackhawks is a great way for your local business to reach passionate Hawks fans just like you. Unlike any other podcast, Lockdown gives your local company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners. Not just any podcast listener, a Locked On podcast listener. If your company wants to connect with Hawks fans and a predominantly male audience that's well-educated with disposable income, then let's put your company right here on this Locked On podcast. Local fans love to support local businesses. Text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockdownPodcast.com slash advertising and let us know who you are. We'll get our team to help your team achieve Lockdown advertising success. Once again, text the keyword advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcasts.com slash advertising. Time to update Blackhawks March Sadness here on Lockdown Blackhawks, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thursday, we played out the Sweet 16 in March Sadness. Our regions are the Bad Transactions regions, region, the Terrible Moments region, the Busts region, and the Villains region. So let's go through the results from Thursday Again, there's still a couple hours left in this tournament while I'm recording this, but they're all pretty much decided at this point. So, in the bad transactions bracket, the Brent Seabrook contract, the 9 seed, faced off against the 12 seed, the Dominic Hasek trade to Buffalo, Brent Seabrook's contract advances. That will face 
the winner of Bobby Hull to the Western Hockey Association or the Tavo Teravainen to Carolina, the sixth seed, Tavo Teravainen moves on. So it's Brent Seabrook's contract up against the sixth seed, Tavo Teravainen traded to Carolina. That is the bad transaction final. To the terrible moments, the one seed, Bill Wirtz takes over for Arthur Wirtz. Went up against the four seed, the 2014 loss to the LA Kings in the conference final. Bill Wirtz takes over, advances easily. The one seed will face the three seed, the 92 cup loss to the Penguins that beat Marion Hosa's retirement, the seventh seed. So the final in the terrible moments region, Bill Wirtz takes over for Arthur Wirtz or the 92 cup loss to the Pittsburgh Penguins. To the busts region we go. Jack Skilly, the 13 seed, had a great run, taking down Kim Janssen, Cristobal Huey, but ran into a buzzsaw this round up against the number one seed, Alexander Karpatsev. He advances, and he will face another dark horse contender. Kyle Beach, the 15 seed, takes down Anders Eriksson, Boris Mironov, and now Cam Barker, the three seed, the 15 seed Kyle Beach up against the one seed Alexander Karpatsev. I think Beach can pull this off. If we learn one thing doing March Sadness, it's that a lot of Hawks fans that are voting on this are young and may not remember Alexander Karpatsev. Kyle Beach has a real chance to advance to the final four. The final region, the villains region, the number one seed Bill Wirtz had his toughest matchup so far. Vancouver goon Rafi Torres was a four seed. Bill Wirtz obliterates Rafi Torres and advances. The three seed, Dino Cicerelli, narrowly got out of the field of 32 by edging the Sedins. On Wednesday, well, on Thursday, Dino Cicerelli beat the seven seed, David Backus, who had just knocked off the two seed, Bob Pulford, Dino Cicerelli faces Bill Wirtz in the Villains Region Final, the one seed Wirtz against the three seed Cicerelli. Now, here's how I see this going. The final four, my prediction is Seabrook up against Bill Wirtz takes over and Kyle Beach against Bill Wirtz. So it's very, very possible that we have a Wirtz on Wirtz final. And then at that point, it truly doesn't matter who wins, does it? Because the message has been delivered that every era of Blackhawks fan agrees that Bill Wirtz was one of the worst things to happen to the organization. And uh, they did not win while he was in charge. So there you go. There's your evidence. Thanks to everybody who has participated in the voting for March Sadness. It's really tough to do that on your own. To come up with, like, not only coming up with the 64 things to be in the tournament, but to also, like, seed them correctly and to predict how the voting's going to go. I relied on a friend of mine, Barry Rosner of the Daily Herald, longtime Hawks writer, longtime Hawks fan, hockey fanatic, hockey player, all those things, for some help on some of the older items. But what I've learned, and the voting shows it, there is a very young audience listening to Locked On Blackhawks, and that's great. I love it. But, man, you guys got to do some reading. <laughs> You've got to do some reading. 
on Bob Pulford and, uh, you know, some of the things that happened back in the day. Dino Cicerelli, who was public enemy number one for the Hawks for like 10 years when he played on the North Stars. Then from the North Stars, he went to the Red Wings and was a thorn in the Hawks' sides then. He was, Dino was the most hated Hawks opponent, probably as far as like a single player goes, of my lifetime. Imagine this. Imagine Rafi Torres is on your main rival his entire career, division rival his entire career, and not only does he play the way he plays, he's also really, really good at hockey. Scoring goals, being a pest on the power play, just being an awesome hockey player and a pain in the ass at the same time. That was Dino Cicerelli. He was absolutely detested by Chicago hockey fans, as he should have been. And you talk to someone about Dino Cicerelli who remembers that, and the immediate response is Dino sucks. It's just become part of the vernacular of Chicago hockey. Dino sucks. It's just how we, it's what we say. It's what Blackhawks fans say when it comes to Dino Cicerelli. By the way, cheap plug here. If you want to read about the Blackhawks and their history, my book, The 50 Men and Moments That Made the Chicago Blackhawks, is available for pre-order. You can go to Amazon.com or you can go to my Twitter account. The pinned tweet links you to my favorite local bookstore, Bookies. There's one in Homewood. There's one on the south side. You can order the book through Bookies. Help out an independent uh, bookstore. They need your support, especially in these times. The book is out in November. But a lot of stuff about Blackhawks history, modern and past. I think you'll really enjoy it. So head out. Just go to whatever your preferred bookstore is. You want to go online, go to Amazon, just type in Jay Zawoski and the book will pop up right there or find that pinned tweet with a link directly. I'd really appreciate it if you bought it from Bookies. That would really help out a friend of mine in a local business that really puts its heart and soul into the community. But buy that book, The 50 Men and Moments That Made the Chicago Blackhawks. It's Lockdown Blackhawks, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Now that the shameless self-promotion portion of the show is over, I can get into some actual hockey talk. There's not a lot going on. Leave me alone. And it was a good opportunity to promote the I'm not going to apologize, damn it. I spent a lot of my life writing that book. I want to sell some. Please buy it. All right. Got a voicemail here. Came in on Thursday night. Wanted to address it. But if you want to get in for Talk Back Tuesday, 708 653 0572 is the voicemail number. The email is LockdownBlackhawks at gmail.com. Hey, Jay. Uh, this is Jake. Um, before I ask my question, I just want to point out that um, last year, Jeremy Colleton came in and led the Blackhawks to a 36-34-8 and record, if I'm not mistaken. And when the season was postponed, um, the athletics model projected the Blackhawks to finish with a 38-35-9 and record, putting them at 85.4 points which would be last in the Central Division and last by six points to the projected 91.2 points of the sixth-place Winnipeg Jets. So now here's my question. Jeremy Colleton last year led the Blackhawks to a record at two games above 500. This year he's projected to go three games above 500, and he's also projected to only go two wins above where he finished last year. Do you think this is on Jeremy Colleton? 
um, that this team has been very inconsistent, very up and down the whole year. Do you think this is on Stan Bowman um, for building, one, an inconsistent roster, and two, a roster that, frankly, really isn't even a playoff roster with all these injuries that are going on? And even with the injuries, um, a lot of things have to go right for them to be a playoff team or even really a second wild card team. Um, so I just want to hear your thoughts on this. Um, do you think it's like Jeremy Carlton, Stan Bowman, um, or even really John McDonough for giving Stan Bowman and Jeremy Carlton um, these long leashes that really they've kind of outgrown per se? Um, so I just want to hear your thoughts on this. Um, who would you really put this blame on um, or any blame, if any? Um, so thanks. Jake, thanks for the voicemail. The answer to your question is all of the above. I think everybody shares a bit of the blame here. Um, look, I don't think Jeremy Cowton is a bad coach. I think he's very average, and, and his record, you point out, sort of indicates that. And, you know, uh, 500-ish, fine, great. And your points about the injuries are valid, but here's the thing. First about Cowton, very slow to adjust, when he's got a player who's showing that he has some ability to do something, it takes him a long time to get them in that position. Dominic Kubelik is the latest prime example of that, right? Uh, a guy who obviously could be productive in the power play. It took a long time for Jeremy Cowton to get him on the power play. Kirby Doc spent a lot of the season playing very few minutes. And as soon as his minutes started going up, his production started going up, his level of play started going up, and he looked like a better player, okay? There's a lot of those examples. The other thing is, from day one, bringing Cowton into this team with this roster, with players that are this established, was a recipe for disaster. And that's not Jeremy Cowton's fault. But that's something that Sam Bowman probably should have given a little more consideration to. A locker room loaded with veterans that the Blackhawks had for a guy 35 years old who's accomplished nothing as a player in his hockey career to come in and tell those guys, look, I know you've won three cups, but I've been coaching in Rockford for a while, and I know what's going on. That's tough. That's really tough, especially replacing one of the best coaches in the history of the NHL. Cowton is doomed to fail there. So Bowman gets blamed for that. McDonough gets some blame for that, for letting that happen. Okay? Look, Fire Joel Quenville all you want, but you've got to bring somebody in who's going to get the respect of the players. Maybe it was Mark Crawford a year earlier, right? Maybe that was the move, but this situation was not right for Jeremy Cowden. I think he's an okay coach. I do. I truly do. I just think he's the wrong fit for this team. The other thing about Bowman, you mentioned the injuries. A lot of the injuries the Hawks suffered this year were predictable. Calvin DeHaan's shoulder, Andrew Shaw's concussions, those were the big ones. Those were very predictable. And while I liked the trades at the time, because I said, if healthy, both those guys are going to help the team. And I was right. When they were healthy, they were helping, especially DeHaan. But I don't have access to to the medical records that Stan Bowman does when he signs a player or trades for a player. So Calvin DeHaan's shoulder going out again, look, it was barely ready to start the season. It wasn't ready to start the season. 
So a big hit, screwed it up again. So those are the things. And look, you can say it's unfair to blame a GM for injuries, and there's probably a little sliver of truth to that, a little bit. But when they're predictable, that's different, right? Like you're not going to sign a guy or trade for a guy with a known injury history. Or at least, you know, those trades were made counting on those guys to be contributors and to get the team over the hump. And when they weren't available, you put a bunch of younger players in tough situations and a bunch of AHL players in NHL situations. So to me, if I'm assigning blame, I go Bowman 1, Cowton a distant 2, and McDonough a distant 3. Because, look, we all say we don't want John McDonough meddling in hockey stuff, right? We want him to be the businessman. That's what his job is. That's what he should be. So he let his GM hire the coach he wanted to hire. Okay? We we can't have it both ways. Do we want John McDonough to intervene? In that, in that moment, maybe I would have. But if, he, if we want John McDonough hands-off hockey – then Stan Bowman gets the blame for Cowden, not John McDonough. Thanks for listening to this episode of Lockdown Blackhawks. We'll be back with you on Monday. Starting next week, the Lockdown Network is going to start reducing the schedule a little bit. I'm going to be doing shows three times a week. It's just been too difficult to do five-day-a-week shows here with nothing going on. But I'll be around. I'll do three at least next week. We're going to do the hot mic thing on Tuesday, very likely. Keep your eye on my Twitter account at jayzawoski670 for all the info there. Remember, voting in the Elite Eight starts tomorrow. I'm sorry, starts Friday at noon on the Lockdown Blackhawks Twitter account at LO underscore Blackhawks. Go there and vote. Get Bill Wirtz in the final against himself. Thanks for listening to Lockdown Blackhawks, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. And now that this podcast is over, ask your smart speaker to listen to the latest episode of Locked On NHL.